ako kapoe, kapoe o keia ai, ake atu ai koho ai tuna, mai kapua hiki kaho pena, o kako kapoe, kapoe o keia ai. Ake aku wai ko wai tuna mai kamu ahi kita bopenda. Oke aku mai kalah, o mako mai kalah. Again, uh, mahalo for allowing us to come into your uh, homes uh, tonight. We got a really good, I think, uh, program. Uh, we got uh, with us tonight. We have uh, Aloha Patal. Patal, right? Yep, Aloha Patal. Yeah, you want to introduce yourself, Aloha? Yep, um, I'm an English teacher at Kohala High School, uh, predominantly ninth grade, but I also teach. Uh, 9 through or 10 through 12th grade um, English and social studies and I have that class with me today uh, so uh, the kids can go to class right now yes or how do, how do they work that anyway how do the kids come to class physically yeah, yeah. is it every day or yep we have uh, oh, all right some kids coming in um, four days a week and most of the students are staying at home right now, uh, probably like 75% of the students. Okay, and we also have with us uh, uh, Dalen, right? And how are you doing? Good. Are you alive? Yeah. Oh, okay, great, all right. And uh, <laughs> you want to introduce yourself, Dalen? I'm a student at Koala High, coming in 11th grade. 
Okay. Uh, what kind of teacher is uh, Loa? A good one. Oh, boy, you hear that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I gave him $5 to say that, so okay. All right. okay. <laughs> I'll pay you after. Oh, we're going to have to split that. And we also have in the other room a uh, whole bunch of guys on the mics. And we're going to start off with, uh, there's uh, Moses. You want to introduce yourself, Moses? Hi, my name is Moses Emiliano from Kohala. Emiliano family, yeah? Yeah. Uh, do you play basketball? Yeah. All the Emilianos play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did. I was really sorry to see that uh, it wasn't going to happen this year. Yeah. Uh, how how how'd you feel about that? Sad. Sad, yeah. Bummers. Plus, you guys won the championship and all that. Is yeah. Uh, all of Kohala is so uh, proud of the good. The good yeah. part of that is that they're they get to they don't have to defend their championship, so they're they're still champions this year as well. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's a good point. <laughs> okay, and, and next to you we have uh, Ali, right? Uh, yeah. You want to introduce yourself, Ali? Uh, my name is Ali Kai Kai Kohivi. I'm a senior at Kohala High School. Yeah, Did, were you on the basketball team? No. Oh, <laughs> what did baseball. baseball? Oh, baseball. Oh, too bad. Yeah, you guys lose anyway. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. Nah, nah, I give you that one. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we had guys uh, that played. I, I coached the swim team, and then right after swim team, they'd go on the uh, baseball team, and uh, the coach would say, "Wow, they didn't have to uh, come to like spring training because their arms was already strong." But uh, next to you, next to you is uh, who do we got there? Booty. Booty. Um, I'm Booty. I'm from Koala High School, and I'm from Koala. I'm in uh, 11th grade. And uh, what's your last name, Booty? Moniz. Moniz family, yeah. Yes, but I was raised by the Pangs. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, happy to have you here. Uh, Thank you. I noticed I've met you before. Yes, sir. And you seem to be a very assertive type of personality. Yeah? He's kind of like natural leader kind. I don't know. Is that true? Small kind. <laughs> Small kind. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a, a strong leader. personality. Strong <laughs> per oh, strong personality. Yes. All right. And next to you is Arlen. No, Zayden. Oh, Zayden. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's Z-A-E at E-N, right? Zayden. How <laughs> <laughs> are you doing, Zayden? Good. Yeah. What's your last name? Fernandez. Oh, okay. Sophomore. At Koala High, right? Yeah. All right, Zayden Fernandez. Yeah. Sure, a lot of Fernandez family in Koala. Yeah. And then out there we have uh, Christian. Oh. That's uh, Arlen. Oh, that's Arlen. Oh, okay. We have uh, Arlen. What's your name, Arlen? Your last name? Oh, my name is... Arlen Onipaso Kumar. Onipa'a. Oh, That's my right. name, brother. I like that. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, Onipa'a. Right on. Strong. And we have with us here, too, is uh, one of my swimmers. There's a breaststroker. Unfortunately, uh, we couldn't swim today, uh, this year. Uh, but that's uh, Christian Guevara. Uh, I know him really well. And Christian, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you. Okay, anyway, um, so tonight I asked all you guys to come in because you guys did a, a project that uh, was well received by the Koala community, at least from, the, from what I saw on Facebook. And I was wondering, uh, uh, Law, I wonder if you could uh, just kind of fill us in what it was all about. Yeah, so um, what happened is that these, these students didn't start this semester um, I haven't had them the entire time, so um, they only started in January. Um, so I was kind of thinking of something that might be relative to their lives um, as far as curriculum goes. And um, what interested, um, piqued my interest was this uh, proposal of a parking lot at Pololu. And I live uh, near that um, lookout, and I, I wanted to present this idea of um, both sides, right? Um, what the problem was, what the solution was, um, the solution that they were giving, and um, present that to the students and sort of let them uh, roll with their own opinions on um, this proposal. 
All right. And so how'd you guys go about yeah, so, putting it together? So um, a few things that we looked at was um, what the community was saying. So we brought in um, community members to uh, for the students to interview them. Um, we looked at um, other articles um, pertaining to what was happening at Pololu and we also watched videos and sort of just, uh, I, I like to think of it as um, sort of building their identity to this place. Um, everything oh. comes natural to them, um, but like looking into their history, uh, Kohala, and then specifically Pololu, what it meant to the people and the people who live uh, near Pololu or in Pololu, around Pololu, um, on that tip. Okay, I was saying uh, Budi. Yes, sir. Uh, so did you guys interview anybody that was uh, saw the parking lot in a favorable light? Uh, no. Alas, bro. Alas. Uh, Alas means no more. Yeah. No more. So uh, you, you don't mind. Uh, sometimes I like to revert back into Pigeon. But uh, so it was mostly what, what kind of people did you uh, interview? Uh, we interviewed um, you and Auntie Sarah, and we had a little conversation with um, Tutu Sherry. Oh, oh she, she uh, Sherry, Cheryl Sprout out at the end, yeah? Yes. yes. Pololo. Interesting. Uh, what was your take on that, uh, Ali? These interviews as you, the people came in and met with you guys? Um, it was just very interesting to hear both, I mean, their side. What was interesting, would you say? Just how they reacted, the emotion that they brought, oh. and how they felt about it in so general. Could you give me an idea, like what kind of feelings, uh, emotions that they uh, have? Well, for the most part, they're like, um, they didn't support it. Oh, they did not? Yeah. Um, mostly Auntie Sarah, when she came in, she was getting like a little emotional. Oh, she was yelling? No, like. <laughs> like <laughs> no, she's listening. That's why she yeah. listens to the program every uh, Thursday. So she's a good friend of mine. Yeah. So, you know, I, I joke around a lot. But so she was emotional. like. Yeah, um, just bringing up the topic. Oh, yeah. What do you think? that? Just the idea of people coming in and changing, like, how it looks and the natural beauty of it. What's your take on it, Moses? Like, uh, sitting in the classroom, interviewing people. What was your feelings about the whole thing? Uh... Don't worry, you're not gonna be graded, bro. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> automatic A, right? Well? Yes. Ah. <laughs> okay, no problem. You can think about it for a little bit. Uh, Dalen, you were there in the interviews. Uh, were you able to ask any questions? Yeah, I was able to ask a few questions. Uh, what were they like? Give me an idea what some of those questions were. It was like, um, how do you feel about it? like the history behind it some of my classmates had asked um, how has it changed since she was a child was there any question that uh, uh, kind of like really piqued your interest like all this whole topic that uh, you guys were involved with I think um, what would be an alternative thing like what could be done different other than the parking lot oh that's a good one i'd like to come back to that uh law and uh you know talk about alternatives but yeah like uh what are other possible solutions to this and auntie sarah shared some um no, about let me that. back up yeah. i think we, we got to explain and if you guys are in the other room if you guys know uh you can maybe help out but my understanding of this whole thing is that uh polo valley uh, the traffic situation okay, before the pandemic, before the virus, before all that happened. We had people park alongside the road, so a two-lane road become actually a one-lane road. And people are parking on the side of the road and some sticking out in the roadway. And uh, that, that became a real problem. And the other thing was, th now this has been going on mm, for a number of years, but if I can share some of, uh, like, Auntie Sarah, you know, Sarah Pule. Uh, back in the 70s, yeah, I could go down Pololo Valley and there'd be nobody. There'd be nobody on the beach. 
nobody in the parking lot because everybody's at work yeah, the plantation uh, I wasn't working for the plantation in fact I wasn't working at all but you know uh, that, that's how Kohala was there's nobody but as the years went by more and more people especially uh, tourists and Polo Valley became a destination point where you know, the tourist mags they had pictures of Pololo, all beautiful place, go look at it. And so, you know, as a destination point, uh, people would go out there. Before that, ah, they just go look at the statue of Tehran and go back. Or not come at all because Kuala was like really out of the way. But the more and more people come out to Pololo, oh, all of a sudden, oh, they could hike down to the beach, beautiful beach, black sand, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so what happens? The more people, the parking situation became uh, uh, hazardous in a way. Yeah. Now here's the key thing. Yeah. The parking lot in November 19, uh, 2018, we had a community meeting at the Kola High School cafeteria. It was that meeting that you had about 25 people. A lot of them was from that area. It was uh, well publicized. And uh, after discussion and everything, uh, the people voted, actually, to have a parking lot to relieve the traffic congestion there. Uh, I would say of the 25 people, uh, 23 of them were in favor of the parking lot. Okay. Uh, they made, the surety corporation was there, and they offered five acres total land to have a parking lot. Yeah. What has turned into a real controversial issue is at that meeting, they just talked about land for the parking lot. Later, we found out that there was a subdivision that the landowner wanted to build along Polo Rim above Auntie Cheryl's house. And based upon that approval, the land donation for the parking lot would go into effect. So I guess it's kind of like, well, if you don't approve the subdivision, then you don't get land for the parking lot. Was that your take on it, Law? Yeah, uh, from, our, from our understanding, that was the case. Um, it sort of works hand in hand, and without the parking lot, the subdivision doesn't happen. Without the subdivision, uh, the parking lot doesn't happen. So. I think that's the missing piece, right? That's the missing piece to the puzzle um, when we're looking at this situation. Um, and I think th the one thing that really um, is kind of sticking to us is um, when Auntie Sherry Spro um, sort of shared her feelings on this proposal. And Booty, you remember what she said about how it made her feel when she was thinking um, about a possible subdivision? Yeah, I remember um, in the email it said that it makes her heart sore. Yeah, so it sh she's literally saying that the the possibility, the potential of a subdivision makes her heart sore. And I guess what are we, what are we, um, who are we trying to uh, benefit here? Are we trying to benefit the people who live right there, or are we trying to benefit someone else? And that's sort of the the question that um, we were trying to find out. Okay, and so in, in, in interviews of these people, did you find, did you find an answer to that question? Or did you find out how they felt? What did they feel like? If you could share that. Um, I don't think anyone felt good about it. Uh, why? Because, um, like, I, I don't think the community minds a, a parking lot, honestly. I think it's more of the subdivision that bothers the community members because um, that's just not not the right place to build another big subdivision with the ones we already have in town. So it really doesn't make sense to build one by Pololu. Okay, but that's what's like nine lots, right? Yeah, um, I think Auntie Sherry was saying ten lots. Ten oh, lots. ten lots, right. And ten ranging lots. from three to nine uh, acres each. So, so kind of a big acreage. Yeah. Yeah, nothing small. Uh, so anyway, um, it, when you're doing these interviews, for example, like Ali, yeah, uh, you're, you're talking to the, the people. I'm sure you kept an open mind, right? 
And uh, so what was your feeling after interviewing all of these people? What did you feel like? What, what kind of emotions did you have about it? Um, I'm not sure what kind of emotions I was feeling, but I could definitely feel what they were feeling. Like, just to see where they're coming from. Like, they've been here for all, if not most of their life. And then just for people to come in and say that they want to build houses in the parking lot on the rim of Polo Valley, it's just, it's a, it's a, hell, oh, a heck of an experience just to, to listen to these yeah, people. Yeah, to I listen to them. Uh, if I could, um, yeah, go ahead. I think the uh, Ali'i was the one that was sort of on the fence. Like, a, lo a lot of these students are like, you know, don't build that on my home. This is my home. Don't do that to my home. And Ali'i was a little, um, he just wasn't sure. Like, he was very open-minded about this. So he, I think he was the, um, it was interesting to see him transform from um, on the fence about it to like, no, it's it's not it's not good for Pololu and Kohala. Okay, uh, I like for all of you. Uh, then I'm going to ask you for your response. I talked to some guys, they're in their thirties, okay, middle age, I guess you call it. And I asked them, well, what did you think about the Pololu situation? And one of the guys said, oh, you know. I used to go, he graduated from Kuala High School, okay. Uh, did all that with Kuala High, I went kindergarten, you know, he's a lifer. Kindergarten to senior. Uh, born and raised in Kuala, all of that. He says, you know, I used to go to Pololo, I could park there, and we would run down, this is how they would train. They'd run down up to Second Valley Plateau, back up to the parking lot, back again to Second Valley, and then back up to the parking lot. And that's how they would train. And he said, today, I can't even go to Pololo because there's no place to park. We've got to park far away on the road. And he said, I think they should build a parking lot because I want to go back to Pololo and do the things that I used to do. Uh, what's your thoughts about that? Um, yeah, like, a parking lot, not too bad, but in order to have the parking lot, you have to have the subdivision, which to me doesn't really make any sense. Okay. Anybody else? Mos Moses, um, you've, you've shared with me, like, your personal experiences with uh, Pololu. So um, this guy that Uncle Jeff is talking about has been in your shoes, right? You, What's your experiences with Koh uh, Pololu, and how does that make you feel? Uh, not too good, cause we. I usually go over there quite a bit, and go look at it and hunt over there. Look how beautiful it is, and just. And and you you've been to like, the multiple valleys, yeah. You've, yeah. You've gone. Yeah. Walked in there. Don't even know how many times. And so, I mean, how does that that make you feel when, you know, do you feel like you can go there? Or do you feel like you need a parking lot to go into I, Pololu? I think I can go there still, yeah. Just, you'd have to go there, like, super early in the morning to get the good parking. Super early in the morning. What is uh, super early? Maybe, like, before sunrise. Because soon it comes, like, 10 o'clock, it's, like, filled a quarter mile down the road. Oh, wow, that's a good point. Anybody else? You have to you have to hike before you actually get to the hike. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because there's so many cars there. So what this guy was talking about, he says, geez, I don't even want to go there because i got to park so far away. And it, it you know, kind of takes the joy out of going there at all so I, that was his opinion but, uh, but I, I even think like Moses in in the letter that we sent to state and uh, government officials um, we sent to s the letter to seven people Moses um, sort of talked about um, what would happen if there was a parking lot and that parking lot got full 
Moses, what were, you, what were you talking about in that letter? Um, if they build a parking lot and say uh, the word gets out more to like more tourists and say that parking lot gets full, um, where is the uh, like the overflow? Yeah, the overflow parking gonna be? Is it gonna be right back on the side of the road or? Good point. And yeah. I think in this age of social media, right? Like anyone who comes to Pololu is gonna geotag that it's Pololu, right? Yeah. Like there's no <coughs> possibility that that won't be on social media. So it's the word is gonna get out that there's space for people to come, even more people to come. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, when they had these really bad flash floods, especially on the island of Kauai, you know, people were trapped in the valleys and they couldn't get out. And they were restricting the amount of people that went out to Hanalei. Hanalei, you guys been to Kauai, Hanalei? No. Oh, it's a beautiful bay. It's a huge bay, Hanalei. And, uh, you know, they have songs written about it. But uh, they wouldn't allow any traffic there except for people that live there. Tourists, they stopped. You couldn't go. And, but they, they experience the same thing that we have here at uh, Polo. There's just a lot of people. It's a destination point. And so I was reading an article, and I'd like for you guys to think about this and what your comments are. Uh, because at Pololo, for example, a lot of people are parking illegally. The cars are sticking out of the road and creating a hazard. A two-lane road becomes a one-lane. And so the uh, police chief on Island of Hawaii came up with an idea. Now, people have asked, uh, I believe, this is correct and accurate, if the police here in Kohala could, could go to the valley and you know tag those cars that are illegal and maybe somehow control that situation. But then, you know, uh, we have a limited police force. And so sending, you know, it takes, how long does it take, uh, Moses, where do you live? Uh, Javi. How long does it take from Javi to Pololo? Oh, maybe like 15 minutes. Oh, you went fast then. Oh, 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. It, it takes kind a while for go over there. It takes like a while. Right yeah, kind of far, yeah? Yeah. Uh, but to send policemen out there periodically, uh, that, that that's not feasible. So what the Kauai police chief came up with an idea, which we're checking into, he said, oh, that he was looking to training community people uh, where they could be able, they were able to uh, issue uh, tickets to people illegally parked. Do you think that would help to curtail the parking situation? I'll pick on you first, Booty. Um, yeah. That they would come and train community people on what their job would be is to uh, issue cars that were illegally parked and issue them a parking ticket, citation. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of new rookies in this town, <laughs> I see. Um, How do you know they're rookies? Um, because i never seen them before. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I mean, if they're all just new cops, I mean, it's, it's probably a, a good place for them to go and learn how to write tickets to the people who park illegally. I, that's my opinion. Yeah, well, your opinion is uh, worth, uh, is valued, you know. I like that. Uh, anybody else? What Booty, what if you like had the ability to write tickets for the cars up in Pololu? Oh, I definitely get my job done, mister. <laughs> uh, this would come with uh, extensive training, yeah? Yeah, a lot of handwriting. That's why, mister. Train yeah. us now. Uh, but but <laughs> do they know how to cursive write? Uh, they don't teach that in... You uh, don't teach that anymore. You, would, would you be able to write it? Oh, yeah. I learned cursive back in elementary, but I kind of get... Um, I'm not as good anymore, but... I, I think I have the ability to write some tickets. Yeah, I never thought of that, you know. That everything's on computer, yeah? They don't teach cursive anymore. Yeah. You can still write cursive, they, they learn. Only my name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we, uh, they signed the name, right, um, on the letters. So we were practicing their signatures. And some of them, you know, never really got a signature. So we had to uh, create a signature for some of them. Yeah, you know, uh, we may laugh about it, but that's real. Yeah, how you can write one ticket if you don't can write? 
I mean, you know. True story. Yeah, true story. There you go. But that was the uh, police chief in Kauai, and one idea that he came up with that maybe it would, uh, if people were going to be ticketed, they'd make sure not to let their car be hanging out in the roadway. Uh, that'd be one thing. Yeah. What else did you guys do, Law, in your interviews? Um, we we used the, the interviews as a starting point just to hear what the community was saying. And um, we used that to, uh, one of the things that, the two things that we really wanted to do is we wanted to let our um, government know how they felt as students, giving, giving them uh, a voice. We also wanted to um, make a video. The students wanted to make a video, which we were able to do. And um, shout out to Fish Flags. Um, um, she was able to post our video on her we uh, Instagram. And I think the last time I saw there was about 12,000 views on that, wow. that video. Um, and it, it's kind of funny because the students, um, like one student, I think it was Oni, he's like, Oh, mister, I was at the beach, and this guy was like, Hey, you're the guy from the video, yeah? And then he's like, Oh, it's kind of shame. But I was telling him, like, that's so awesome that people are recognizing you for this. Like, you're using your voice to speak up about things that you care about. And then he's like, Oh, yeah, it prob that's probably better than um, them telling me, Oh, you're the guy from picking up trash on the side of the road, yeah? <laughs> so it was kind of funny um, that they um, are sort of getting recognized for these things that I don't think that they've ever ever been recognized for. So um, it's an it's a awesome trans transition and uh, transformation for these students, I believe. Well, wow, that's really, uh, yeah, I did, I did see that video. And I saw that there were a lot of people that uh, did watch it. And, uh, and I think also um, it, it sort of made the community proud of these kids, which I think is like, awesome experience for the Puna and all the the community members in this because um, you know they took the time to watch this video and by the end of it um, like I had Auntie Sarah we were having a conversation about the video and she was just like so awesome thank you so much for that video I love to see that in the kids and I keep pumping up these kids about those sort of things because that's what really matters is that like um, that relationship between this generation and the Kupuna generation and uh, my generation, uh, sort of getting on the same train for, for problems or um, issues that arrive in the community. So um, I'm, I'm so stoked for these students um, that they're stepping up and they're, they're um, taking the responsibility to give their voice in a very proper and official manner. So I'm so proud of these students. Yeah, so am I. Uh, usually, you know, uh, to be honest, like in our community here in Kohala, uh, when they have community meetings, uh, it's not well attended. And then when something happens, uh, people say, oh, how come I never know? Well, you know, but I see you guys at your age taking on the responsibility taking on that kuleana to deal with uh, an issue and a topic like this uh, that affects everybody in Kuala. You know, it's, I think everybody thinks about it, they talk about it, and they've all formed their own opinions about it. I, I know here's, here's one thing I'd like for you guys to respond to. Uh, one of my friends uh, walks the uh, road uh, going up to Pololu, yeah? And she's in favor of a, of a parking lot. And the reason why she's, she's in favor of the parking lot is because mm -hmm. as she walks along the roadway, she sees all these piles of toilet tissue. And uh, she says, man, this place is becoming like, you know, a cesspool, like a toilet. And that concerns her. Oh, it concerns everybody. Sanitation is real. But what's your thoughts about that? Uh, I think that it's very nasty and people could step on it without knowing. Yeah, okay. So maybe should there be a parking lot with a toilets and stuff like there were proposed? No, there were, there should be at least a porta potty or two where people could use the bathroom before going down. 
So you'd be in favor of having a porta party? Yeah. No. I think that's as disgusting as finding toilet tissue on the side of the road. Those porta parties are disgusting. I'm sorry. That's my own personal opinion. It doesn't reflect the views of KNTR. But you know, they have the ones down at Malcona. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. But that's one idea, porta parties. That's come up here. You know, anybody else? What's your thoughts, Ar Arlen? Arlen, right? You know, you know the, the sanitation problem with all these people. There's no toilet. The people keep coming, and and so they just use the uh, side of the road to do their business. What's your thoughts about that? Um, I think that's not clean, and um, they just. They gotta wipe after the pump make do, so they leave the toilet paper there. Yeah, I know that's how it works. And then, like next thing you know, you just go down and you see like all rows of toilet paper everywhere. Yeah, really. Yeah. Does that concern you? Yes. Um, it's not good for Atlanta, and I'm pretty sure nobody like smell that or <laughs> see that when they go. Yeah, I I know we're, we're laughing here, but you know that's real. That's a real situation, and uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how. Did you guys take that into consideration when you're doing your uh, project? Well, um, the the issue of sanitation. sanitation. Yeah. Yeah, I I think um, the things that we we're kind of talking about is like, is it worth um, you know invading the land to build a bathroom there? Because one of the things that we're, we're kind of discussing is the water issue, right? Um, and <coughs> Oni got um, sort of, he got information on like where people are getting their water from. So uh -huh. if there were houses there, um, Oni, can you talk a little bit about um, the water and? Um, if they, there's already like three families, I'm pretty sure, living at the lookout at Pololu and they get their water from a spring, like way above their house. And it's ran, like I think, I'm pretty sure there's a pipe ran from the string and it gives those three houses waters. And if they wanna, if they wanna build a cul-de-sac above there, then it could possibly, if it's in the same place, it could possibly um, cut off the only water source for those three houses and families living at the lookout that's been there like for a while, I'm pretty sure. And um, so if there's a bathroom, right, where are they gonna get that water from? And um, these are just questions that we're kinda um, thinking about. Because there's no county water, that's why. Wow, well that's a good point. Uh, how do they get their water down at uh, Kapal Park? Because they have bathrooms there. They don't work though, right? Yeah, they work. Oh, um, I think it comes from the ditch, because Mahukona water comes from the ditch, right? Uh, no, not anymore. Oh, well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Uh, no, the, the ditch no longer provides water to Malcona. Oh. Well, what they do is they built a water tank. Oh, yeah. And so the water tank is filled by the county of Hawaii. And so it's for the bathrooms at Kapaa Park. And that was a big issue. That's one of the issues that the community dealt with was the uh, bathroom situation at Kapaa Park. There's, they had porta parties. But the complaints from senior members of our community were saying those things are, you know, you know, after a week you got people coming down. You know, it, it's if you ask me, it's it's something that uh, you know, I don't even want to go in there. But for senior citizen members, they're very concerned. So the county uh, went and bought a water tank, erected it, and fill it so that uh, they could use that water to flush the toilets. So that was that was one. Uh, solution to address that problem of sanitation at uh, Kapaa Park. And maybe that could work also at uh, Pololo. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just throwing that out. I, I also think we have to just think, like, be responsible as people. If you're going on the side to use the bathroom and leaving a mess, like, that's on you. That's not for Kohala to fix for you. So as people, just be smart about it. Go down to KOKL if you got to use the bathroom. There's, there's other alternatives than to be like, 
oh, well, these people are leaving toilet paper on there, so we have to build a bathroom for them. No, as a person, as a human being, take it upon yourself to be responsible and don't do those kind of things. Well, I agree. I agree. How realistic is that, though? I don't know. I, I have faith I mean, in humanity, but... I mean, if we look at the situation at Polo now, with the problem that's already there, how do we go about getting people to to change and to, you know, not to, that it's unsanitary? Would it be through, like, the tourist magazines? They should add that as a, you know, to their, when they, they promote Polo as a destination point. There's no bathrooms there. Go down to Kilkea Park. Use the bathroom there before, yeah, or after. Don't do it along the roadway. I don't know. But yeah, uh, yeah. But I don't think it's up for the students to have the solutions. These are problems that are happening, but you know, it's it's for the students to bring more awareness, and that's what they're kind of doing is bringing this topic up for the community members that can make decisions to have that conversation about that. It's not for them to to fix. Oh no, not at all. All I'm doing is provoking thought. That's all. Yeah, just to provoke different thinking. Um, I I, I don't have. I'm not against it for it, but uh, if we only have a one-sided conversation, then we're not really uh, meeting the needs of this discussion. That's all. Go ahead, Bodhi. The um, Bodhi. I mean, we had a a little idea of the tourist park in Hobby yeah. and have a tour. I think that would be like kind of like perfect for this situation because um, like the tour could go down and then or before they go to Polo the the van could take them to Kilkea, ask them if anybody has to use the restroom, and they can use the restroom before they go into the valley, and then, then tour them. When they come back out, they can go back to Kilkea to see if anybody has to use the bathroom before they head back to town. So that's one possibility, like having a station at Harvey take people out. Yeah, perfect uh, idea. Look at the valley, whatever, and if they got to use the bathroom, they can do it before they get on the, on the uh, bus or whatever. That the might, van. Co might control the the parking situation. Yeah. You know, okay. Um, and there are companies that take people in two places in Kohala, right? Um, companies that provide that tour experience. So it c this could be like a like the the gig on the other half of it that could take them into Polulu as well, and less cars there without building a parking lot, which would translate trans. Um, transfer into a, a subdivision and I think that's the big picture okay what about um, did you guys ever consider like you know there's a lot of people that go out to Polo there's a lot of cars people hike down to the valley right yeah and uh, a parking lot as we've been talking would increase more visitors more people uh, more people going down the valley etc did, did part of your discussion ever touch upon, like, uh, let's see, uh, Zayden, you surf, right? Who surfs in here? I surf sometimes. You surf. You guys go to Polo to surf? No, I never did try. Oh, anybody there? Oh, okay. Well, Moses. Moses. You surf Polo? Yeah, or? Moses surfs Polo. Yeah. How's the rip down there when it's really cranking? Oh, I feel like you're paddling. Like, feel like you're not even moving. You stay paddling for so long. That's right. I used to surf on that. Yeah. I got caught in the rip. Paddle, yeah. paddle, paddle. You look at shore. You ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Polo is probably one of the most dangerous places uh, with rip currents. And the amount of drownings that we have. Yeah. Uh, you know, we kind of forget about them. But the more people going down there... Uh, the question I, I bring up is, what about ocean safety? Yeah, the tourists don't know how strong that current is. They're unaware. That's the people that usually end up getting into trouble. Yeah. Is there a sign at the top? Yeah. And it talks about the, the current, right? But yeah. like no one really reads those, right? No. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have a nice valley for a look at. Why do you going to look at one sign? <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> There's a nice valley to look at. Why yeah. would they look it's at a right sign? right past the sign. Oh, you got a smart class here. <laughs> 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 These guys are thinkers. But you know what I'm saying, yeah? 
Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm, again, I don't want to, I'm not trying to upset, up, upset you guys in any way, but I'm just provoking thought, like looking at both sides of the issue. And I'm sure you guys have done that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think that if the po- the parking lot would be built, that more people would come down and then like more people would start to swim and that would be more common of accidents of people getting ripped in the current. I'll tell you a sad story. My friend uh, Matthew Kupaka was the EMT for Koala Hospital. And he told me when the EMT, EMTs were called to Pololo, it was to pick up a body. And we're going, to, we're going back like 50 years. Yeah, because I'm 73 years old. And I'm going back to the 70s. And he told me a story that was really, really sad. And he said, uh, they had to go up to Pololo because he drove the ambulance. And uh, he said, there was a couple, husband and wife, and their three kids. They went down kind of late afternoon, early evening, and the husband went in the water. And he went out into the waves and whatnot, and then they lost sight of him. So they thought he went further down the beach. So they're walking down the beach, up and down the beach. Don't see him at all. Don't see him at all. Finally, they were walking back, and they saw him. And his body was rolling in the surf. He had drowned. Uh, so Matthew told me this, so you know, he said, that's not the first time. When they built a parking lot and road to where? Kua Bay, what happened? More and more people went there. It, the amount of drownings increased. So I think that's something that we also got to uh, take a look at is as we increase the amount of visitor uh, traffic flow, not only traffic flow, but also in the valley itself, where you know ocean safety becomes a really key issue. Yeah. But anyway, what what other issues did you guys deal with in your interviews and whatnot? Um, I'll go yeah. ahead. I was gonna say that just coming back to um, this idea of more visitors coming, which uh-huh. would um, probably um, mean more accidents or swimming accidents, um, and that really puts a, a it puts our um, the people that would have to rescue them in tough situations, right? Um, the firefighters, the EMT, that puts a, a, a hard, um, it puts them in a tough situation. And um, we got to think of them too, right? They have to either come in helicopters, they have to rescue these people, and um, we're going to put a strain on them if more people start coming. And even um, one of my students, Christian, uh, he had to rescue someone out at um, Hano's in Kona. And we're putting a strain on the people who live here, right, that they would have to rescue these people. If they are so, so happen to be in, uh, down in Polulu at the same time, now the community got to go and save these people, which they will because that's the, they have. the type of community members that they are. Yeah. But... Um, that parking lot, for sure, is going to increase um, potential accidents. And who's going to take care of the trail when more people... Like That's a good point. Them. Who's going to take care of the trail? Yeah. Is that just a trail? Yeah. Is that just a trail? Who built that trail? Oh. The Kings. That's right. It's actually a historical site, those trails. They're not just a trail. There's actually the Hawaiians uh, who built those things. And if, and if you think about it, when families come, big families come, and their kids, they, some of them is hardhead, you know, running along the trail, possible accidents, because there's no railings for the, for the kids to be safe to stay on the trail. So if they're running, they're not paying attention where they're going, they can run right off the cliff. There's places that you can do that, right? So it's, it's kind of dangerous right now. If you don't know the valley and you don't know um, how to walk in it and how to, like, you got to know... In order to 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 get down and stuff, you gotta know, you gotta be aware, cautious. You gotta be all on your toes. Rocks falling, any kind can happen. So it's real dangerous. The trail itself is dangerous. And so we see that uh, it was brought up earlier that are there signs to point out these dangers? But then, even though there's signs, uh, like. Uh, like Moses was saying, why look at the science? You want to look at the beautiful valley. <laughs> Good point. That's really, I want to share something with you guys. I want to p- put something out there. Uh, 
earlier we're talking about you know your responsibility your kuleana uh, is it to find solutions yeah it's kind of like present the problem and i think that's really key yeah but then there's another uh, i don't know how to put it but there's, there's another thing where they say uh, we need to think seven generations from where we're at today. It's very easy for me to say, oh, you know what? I don't want a parking lot. I don't want a subdivision. I don't want none of that. Yeah. But after I'm gone, ah, it's, it's, you know, you guys do whatever you want. Do you feel any responsibility that maybe we should look generations from now and and kind of find solutions to these problems because it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away, and it may get even worse. And I think, uh, Ali, I'd like to ask you that because you were the guy that was, you know, kind of really thoughtful about it. Do we have a responsibility to find some sort of solution for future generations and to think about them? Oh, most definitely. Especially um, our generation as the youth of this place. We're responsible for what happens after us and then so on and so forth. So if we leave something a mess, then that's just leaving a mess for the future generations. Yeah. 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 Because uh, yep, go ahead. I think um and even like going back to Auntie Sarah Pule who was telling us like um it starts with quote unquote one improvement, right? So first is the parking lot, then it's the bathroom. Then because there's more people, now we gotta put rails on the, the trail. Now that there's more people, it just keeps going. And then, then there's the subdivision. So it just continues in sort of a snob, snowball effect. Um, so I think even with Booty, what he wrote in his letter um, to the state and government officials was that we shouldn't have to look back in 10 years and be like, oh, what did you say? We shouldn't have to look back in 10 years and regret this. Right. So that's, that's even a more a responsibility on them is like, what did they do to sort of save their polulu. Okay. Did they did they step up to the plate or did they just let things happen that they disagree with? Like kind of like we're not going to go down without a fight. In uh in the 70s the plantation closed in 1975. It shuts its stores. The last uh cane truck taking sugar rolled out of the yard and that was it. That was the end. And then the Koala Sugar Company, uh, because they weren't growing sugar anymore, leased their lands out to cattle ranchers who put up fences, barbed wire, gates, etc. And they didn't lock the gates at first, but I guess people were leaving the gates open, cattle going out. And if any of you raise cattle, that can be a real headache when the cattle gets out of on the road. Oh, trust me, it is. Yeah, okay, Fernandez, yeah. yeah. Fernandez family, you guys all cowboys. Uh, and so they locked the gates. And before people in Kuala could go any place you wanted to, but not anymore. And so Huiba Malahoa, that was taught, uh, started by Uncle Tommy Solomon and others, I was part of it. We, went, we uh, got involved and we went to court against Castle and Coca-Cola Sugar Company to open areas to fishing and hunting and all that kind, yeah. And these guys were like in their 60s. And they were doing it not for themselves, but for future generations so that they could enjoy the lifestyle that they enjoyed. But years and years later, they made a mistake, yeah. And the mistake was when they opened up these other areas, it became very public. And so then those areas started to get wiped out. Opihi, limo, fish like that. And they realized that the intentions were good, but they didn't 
consider that more and more people would fish the same spots. And so looking back, I was with that group. I wish we had, you know, give it more thought and prepared better for the future. Uh, and I think when we look at Pololo, I agree that, oh no, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it. Uh, Lua, why don't you poll your students just to get where they're at on this uh, parking lot situation and the subdivision. Um, you guys want to share how you how you feel about um, the possibility of a parking lot and a subdivision? Yeah, we got about five minutes, guys. Dalen, why don't we start with you? What's your what's your thoughts about? You got like thirty seconds about the parking lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the parking lot may help. I mean. I'd be okay with the parking lot, but the fact of the the housing ab above, I don't think that should happen. Okay, right on, right on. Christian, what's your thoughts? Okay, while we wait for Christian, Bodhi, what Bodhi? What's your thoughts? Um, I don't support it. I don't. I I don't think that this is a good idea. Maybe the parking lot, not not really, but I don't support the the ten lot subdivision at all. I don't think it's a good idea. Okay, maybe the parking lot is okay, but not the ten lot subdivision. Definitely. Okay. All right. Uh, how about you, Zayden? I, uh, I don't like the the housings or the parking lot. Just want to keep it all the same. Okay. Just keep it all how it is right now. Yeah. In Ireland. How do you feel about the um, parking lot and the subdivision? Um, I feel like we should keep everything the same because there's been enough changes like all over. And I don't think they should build, I don't think they should be able to build houses for only people or like for only rich people who can afford it. And all the local people still like they're not gonna, it's not gonna benefit local like us in any way. You so you want to keep it the way it is? Yes. Okay. How about you, uh, Moses? Uh, I agree. I agree with Arlen. Like it won't benefit us as locals. Well, what do you think about the parking lot? Uh, oh, yeah, this I don't current situation. You uh, want things to remain the same? Yeah. Cause the parking lot will be like for the tourists, and not nothing will benefit us. Okay. How about you? Uh, Ali, um, I disagree with it, but if um, we had the choice to pick, I would rather have a parking lot rather than the subdivision. Because I think what most of us are fighting for is not to have the houses on the rim of the valley. That seems to be the main issue. Yeah. Okay, and Christian, we've got about a couple minutes. I don't support the parking lot because if the parking lot is full, then they're just going to go back to parking on the side of the road again. Okay, so I, I think we did a... Thank you, guys. Um, Law, did you have an opinion? Um, no, I, I just... I support these kids. Um, whichever way they want to go, I'm all for them. So I'm going to put them in positions to share how they feel, um, put them in positions to become better human beings and I think they're really showing um, showing me that and I think they're showing the community that which makes me just um, I don't know like it makes me really excited for them because they deserve to be heard and I think people are listening now and I'm yeah again I'm just really proud of them and I appreciate the opportunity for um, for you letting us come on your show and uh, sharing this experience that they're they're going through currently. Wow, thank you. I think you're doing a great job with these guys because uh, I'm really happy to see you guys getting involved, especially with uh, issues like what we're experiencing. Uh, Mr. Patagas, the best teacher of the year award. <laughs> oh, that's a great right? truth. Yeah. So sorry, Dalen. I'm gonna give Booty your five dollars. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys. You guys have a good night. Yeah, I want to thank you sure all for uh, being here this evening. Yeah, if you could do me a favor, I was uh, I'd like for you guys to take off your uh, 
your mic. I'll, Could you guys come back? And I'll tell them that. Yeah, put away your mic covers. <laughs> but Kohala, this is uh, Kohala High School guys uh, talking about the park lot and subdivision out in uh, Polo. Thank you for joining in with us. And uh, we'll see you next Thursday. We'll be with Tim Richards. He'll be on our program at uh, 7 o'clock. And I'm sure you can call him up because the next step is the county is going to make that decision, right? They're going to make that decision about the subdivision. And yeah. also, if Tim is listening, we we oh. wrote him a letter, oh, and okay. we would love for him to respond to us. Uh, you guys, one of you or a representative could come and sit in and talk with them if you want. All right, it's 8 o'clock. Thanks for listening, and Mahalo. we'll catch you guys later. Thank you. Thank you. Kohalo. KRLP 96.1 FM, Kohala. Sing a song loud